What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 19 of Hit the Books. We're our 18th week of football in the NFL, some extra football this week, and we are ready for it. This week, we'll run through some things in the NHL, MLB, and NBA as well. Always be- always happy to be here for another week in our 20th episode this season, 67th overall, and I couldn't have done it without my co-host, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Let's shoot over to Mackie to get us going this week. What's going on, Mackie? What's going on, guys? Coming off pretty slow week gambling. Uh, not a lot of us had a lot of plays this week, but uh doesn't take away from the great football action we had. Um, coming into week 18, uh, obviously a lot of do-or-die games, especially for you, both of your teams. You got the Patriots in the do-or-die game, and uh, Steelers need a win and, and need some help. So uh, obviously we're going to have some good football this week, and uh, just another another week of uh, gambling football, you know, talking sports. Good stuff, Mackie. Excited to hear what you got this week. Shooting it over to Ace next. Mackie said it, a tough uh, game coming up here for your Patriots. Need a win. What do you think, Ace? Yeah, every game's a tough game for these Patriots, and uh, we're always looking for a win at some point, too. Nothing new, so we're back in the saddle. But, uh, yeah, like like Mackie said, late week on the book for me, actually, and have an NFL play documented on the card. Um, attribute that more to sickness than anything. Had to miss that Patriots game, which was tough to see. Never missed those, slept through it. Not feeling too well. Feeling good about this episode, though. Got a win from them. And uh, tough thing, though, uh, got a little slap in the face by the Patriots and the Bucks pulling out wins last week. The one time I'm not able to lock it in. Been doing it all year. And my lock of the week, those Jaguars minus four handle business with ease. So, um, Yeah, that's I mean, a big kick in the dick. You don't get any plays out after you've been riding them all year. Yeah, right. And literally, this everything I said on the pod last week turned true a bit. But what are you going to do? I'm here for week 18. Usually the good teams show their colors in the end of the season. So obviously we have a weird week here with a lot of uh, different scenarios going on for whatever team. So excited to look at that in a really great winter classic to, to end the holidays too. So got a lot of other sports to talk before we jump into this last uh, week of the regular season. Yes, very excited to talk about the winter classic as you said, Ace. But sh- first, let's shoot over to Huff. Huff, what do you think? Steelers need a win this week. Like uh, Mackie and Ace said, what do you think? Yeah, um, excited, obviously. You get week 18, you get the jitters, you got the playoffs coming up. Obviously, that's what we all look forward to throughout the regular season. We're all like, let's get to the playoffs. We can't wait for these games to mean more. Um, like like you, Mackie and Ace both alluded to, we have a couple big games this week, Steelers being one of them. Mackie, uh, you said we need a, we need some help from another team. One of those is we need the Bills to take down those New England Patriots. Um, and I believe the other one is the Jets over the Dolphins. But um, I will be in attendance for that Steeler game on Sunday, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to that and hoping they can get the job done. Good stuff there. I did not know you are going to that game Sunday. Good stuff there. All right, let's jump into some news from all around the leagues. Let's start off with the NHL, the Winter Classic. The 2023 Winter Classic has included being played on January 2nd. Pens and Bruins at Fenway Park. Great game overall. Bruins taking down the Penguins, winning 2-1. to one after a desperation goal late for the Penguins as time runs out. Ace, let's shoot it over to you to get us going here. Your Bruins taking down Huff's and I, Huff and I's Penguins. Great game overall. What do you got for us? Definitely a great game, great atmosphere. Uh, probably one of the coolest venues you can have it at in the United States in the historic Fenway Park. But, um, yeah, Bruins on national television, another week for the NHL, talking the NHL, talking about the best team in the league. So, got to love that. But other than that, the Bruins, on like I said, on national television in front of a big audience, I was expecting a lot more. I was actually disappointed by their performance. Obviously, we pulled out in the end, but 
a lot of the guys didn't look ready to go. I know it's a soft ice, but both teams had to play with those conditions. And uh, Linus Allmark really had to keep us in it most of the night, which he's been doing all season. I mean, Vesna candidate for sure. But um, Pasternak was not himself. Maybe he was caught up in the moment. Maybe he was hungover from New Year's Eve and uh, streaming with Jake DeBrusque on Twitch and his Fortnite antics. But nonetheless, the Bruins pulled out another victory, so you can't be mad about that. And great great to watch on TV. I mean, you can't beat a Winter Classic, my favorite event in all of sports. But yeah, definitely uh, happy that clock didn't have an extra second on it or else we would have gotten some bonus hockey which I would not have been a fan of but I know Huff was on the edge of his seat watching that one this is de- just one thing I want to say about this game before Huff you jump into it is that uh yeah you said Omar had a really good game and I think uh most of the season obviously his stats are very well he has under a two two goals against averaging he's got over a nine two five save percentage but I think his stats are a little inflated due to how good that team has been this season but I think this is the first game where he really shown that like the team really relied on him because I think they were outplayed for two and a half periods this game and um you know Omar showed why he's in the Vezina running right now and I uh that's the first time I think I've really seen it this year from Omar where he's uh had to keep your Bruins in a game so just wanted to point that out real quick no that's a good point he has a few shutouts but you're right they got outplayed so much and that's kind of been the story as of late um just some some slow starts from the Bruins and then picking up in a third period and really playing their game. That's why I was disappointed they didn't take it to the Penguins all night. They really were uh, drinking from the fire hose for the first two periods. But I'm sure Hoff's going to touch on that here. Yeah, it's like, I mean, watching the game, I didn't I didn't really think it was going to be too much of a high-scoring game. I obviously, I, I like the under. That's what I ended up taking. I took the under in the full game in the first, uh, first period, the one and a half. I ended up live betting the Penguins because I, I missed out on it. Obviously, they're up one nothing most of the game, the way they were playing. Uh, I think I t- texted one of you guys. I was with Jesse. I think I texted you guys. I said, if Pe- Bruins tie this, I'm definitely going to get it on the Penguins. I uh, did that. Obviously, it didn't work out for me. So, um, But I didn't really think it was going to be. I feel like most of these winter classics, I just think I always think of the ice conditions, and I'm like, well, if the puck's not moving too fast, that usually means there's not going to be too many goals. There's going to be a lot of mistakes. So. A 0-0 end of the first and a 2-1 final. I wasn't really sweating those at all. Um, but with the play of the game, like Mackie said, they were the Penguins were obviously controlling pace and controlling the play for most of the game. Um, and once once DeBrus got that, uh, the first one to tie it up, I obviously still liked the Penguins' chances. I thought at that point we were going to go to overtime 1-1, um, maybe a shootout um, just because it's kind of the winter classic. I feel like that's happened in a lot of them. Obviously, we saw it with the Penguins' first one in Buffalo. Um just kind of like a storybook ending to the perfect venue and all that stuff. I thought it would have been kind of cool if it would have went to overtime. And then uh, we saw Taylor Hall coming down the left side with two minutes left on Casey to Smith. I didn't like my chances with him to stop that puck. He got the stop on Taylor Hall, and then uh, DeBrusque was right there. Like, literally, you couldn't have shot that rebound any faster. Like, he had next to no negative time to react. Like, that that's, puck, Jake De, that's Jake DeBrusque for you. He, he's yeah. been live, making a career off that. But it was, I'm saying it was off his pad, on the ground, back in the net. Like it was, that was the fastest reaction. Like DeBrusque was right there, obviously. I mean, great play that what's won the game. And then, like you said, the second there goal. Been, yeah, he had the second goal. Um, if only I mean, there could have been uh, a second and a half maybe left on the clock, that would have been nice. Yeah, but say it was less. It was way less. It was like 0.6 maybe. Yeah, but, uh, no, like, like, like you, like you said, Huff, uh, like just Taylor Hall coming down the wing. He's on the third line for the Bruins. So you guys really did control the whole game. I was, I was surprised the Bruins came out so flat. But I was more impressed with that. 
that's why I'm it's not a, so like salty about how we lost is because I'm like we were playing like I hate to be like we lost but we were the better team because obviously we weren't we lost but like control when you see a te- a team that's supposedly like older in age you know these are this like the Bruins are obviously the best team in the NHL when I see my Penguins keeping up with that I'm like this this is the team you have to go through to get to the cup so if we're do- going on our last dance this is the team we got to see if we can play against and uh, obviously the last time we matched up against you guys it was very back and forth high scoring and then one this one again. was yeah. this one was 2-1 so um we've seen two really good matchups between us and i think if these teams were to see each other in the playoffs it'd be definitely a very interesting matchup home ice would come into yeah. so much so much of an advantage in that series i think yeah obviously you can't take too much out of it with a winter classic like you were saying earlier sloppy game you know but the bruins it's it's been this like i said the story the last few weeks is uh they've been taking a goal to wake them up like really they need that one against them and they start playing but you saw when the third period started they they really just started attacking and they come in swarms with lines of uh Marshawn and Bergeron then you have Krejci and Pasternak and you have Coyle and Hall and it's really a relentless attack and finally it came through just net drives and whatnot um something big to come out of that game Jake DeBrus scored those two goals to win the game with a broken fibula and he's going to be out for a while now so that's that's a tough blow for the Bruins team but um, kind of a crazy uh, sports moment. Play with their I mean, fibula. Did you? Did, I'm. S- I assume you saw it, Mackie. Did you? Or I mean, Ace. Maybe you didn't. Did you guys see what Montgomery said in the locker room after the game? I mean, but basically what you just said. Like it. you guys just keep finding a way. You just keep finding a way to win these games. And obviously a comeback uh, from not a major comeback. We've seen this Bruins team come back from bigger leads this year so far. But one nothing in the way that game was going. It looked like. Um, the Smith was maybe going to stand on his head. I was like, dude, there's no way he shuts his team out. And obviously, I was wrong, or I guess I was right saying that. But um, I, once it's you guys crazy. got that, go ahead. It's crazy. This Bruins team literally gets like a jolt in the arm out of nowhere, like one little play, and then they yeah. turn up their game to that top notch. And they've been doing it as of late, not as much, but throughout the season, we've seen when they have that game on from puck drop, they can smoke some teams. They can put up a lot of numbers, like Mac you were saying, and not have to rely on. Uh, Linus Olmark so just a good team finding ways to win that's that's what it takes I mean good teams win those I was gonna say good teams win that win that kind of game like that's that was the kind of thing I'm like if the Penguins win this you don't win this with one goal you got to go get that second goal Mm -hmm. they had their chances but Olmark was playing so well he's been playing he's feeling it that pad set up too Mac you like that one who won the pad set up the Smith Smith didn't even think he was gonna get in (laughs) true his was nicer than Jerry's though I didn't even see the Smith pads. I didn't really pay attention to them that much. Like I don't know. Oh, he used the cream. The cream. Oh I like yeah, I do remember that. Those were kind of fresh. Jari's were the. Was Jari's the all black? Yeah. Yeah, Jari. Jari's black. The little Jari yellow. loves the all black setup. I think it's. I the like. I like the all black setup. So I, I love. It's such a Jari so thing even to had do. the classic vintage throwbacks on. Somebody had to. Sway, yeah, man. If you, I mean, any NHL goal, really you can pull off the brown the pads, but if that. you're going to do that any uh, anywhere else but the NHL, you got to be really good to pull those off. Definitely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, great winter classic. That's, I don't know about you guys, that's one of my favorite events in uh, all of professional sports. And my Bruins getting to play in yet another outdoor game. I know your Penguins have played in a bunch of them, too. Love to see it. Um, Boston always puts on a show. This is what I, this is what I said to Jesse when we were sitting there watching. I said I wanted to do this, but I forgot to say something about it. If you guys could think of one venue that it hasn't already been at, and you're like, this would be sick. Where would you Where would you think it should be? 
Wrigley. Uh, Wrigley, that would be cool. That'd be pretty dope. I said I Lambo. Know, I think got you think a football field would be nice? I like it at football stadiums better than baseball. No, nah, baseball you have better view vantage points though. No, oh, I just no I chance. think it's the opposite. Totally disagree. Yeah, I think it's the opposite. I went to Philly. I went to the Flyers. Some maybe, but not series. all. I went to Flyers Penguin Stadium Series, sat three rows back from the fifty yard line. Like probably some of the best seats you can have in the house. Still couldn't see too much. Yeah, but if you think I mean, about you can't it, really like a see football much from anywhere. Yeah, that's a why I don't like to go to the winner. I sat over top of the rink in Chicago and I couldn't see shit. Uh, like a football field and an ice rink resemble each other a lot better than a baseball field and an ice rink. So like I, I don't know. I feel like an NFL. Stadium NFL sidelines are just wider. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like I enough. said. I didn't know if the that's field was question, wide enough. Though. I said this to Jesse. I said they should put the the rink side to side, but we figured out the fields aren't wide enough. I mean, some of them could be, but that'd be sweet. You'd probably have a lot better views. This is more so less of a winter classic and a stadium series thing. Like Lake Tahoe, I thought that was cool. They did add like a, a landmark more than like a stadium. Like, do something at the Grand Canyon or something like that. That'd be pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah. That would be cool. Do it at somewhere, like, big. I don't know how, how good the ice would be in the Grand Canyon, though. Oh, they it, can do they it. They had it out in L.A. They, they can had it do in L.A. It. and Dallas. They could do it everywhere. Dude, they would never do it because of, like, the ice South regulations. Beach. But imagine just, like, straight up on a pond and fucking the middle of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be badass. That'd be That'd dope. Be cool. Like, but not Miami, South Beach, something like that. That would be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> the nightlife in the background. Middle of downtown Miami. Well, with that, let's check out the Winter Classic for next year, 2024. will take place at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, Washington, featuring the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, two very new teams here. Uh, no retro jersey for them to really go off of, but I know Huff and I talked about this. We hope they pick up some uh, other teams' jerseys, like Vegas goes with like an old Raiders jersey or something, or the uh, Seattle goes with an old Mariners jersey or something. What do you guys got on this? Anything on the next year's Winter Classic? I just think it was such a reach by the NHL to get these teams involved. There's so many teams that have been around and successful in the past five to ten years that deserve this national spotlight and venue, like winter, the Winter Classic, that Seattle's been a team for two years. I know they're a young and exciting team, and obviously Vegas has had their success, so I guess you could say Vegas deserves it more than Seattle. But I'm very interested. I was interested to see Seattle get the host spot. I guess there's nowhere really to do it in Vegas, like no outdoor venue. I guess there's no baseball field or football field there that's outdoor. I mean, they could do it at the Raiders Stadium, but it's not going to be outside, so there's no fun in that. So, um, But I don't know. I just I, There's so many other teams I'd rather see in this game than these two brand-new teams. This this is a stadium series, not the Winter Classic. They should have done this as a stadium series, just one of those random outdoor games that no one actually like cares about. The Winter Classic, everyone watches. No one wants to watch these two teams. Like At least on the East Coast, no one cares about this game. I agree. That was actually a good – I think this is more of a stadium series game. But like my, my original point, I'm like, to what Jesse said, I'm like, what jerseys are they going to wear? They don't have anything like – the Bruins went with the classic look. The Penguins went with like their old school. I know the Penguins are running out of ideas. They've been in six outdoor games, hmm. so it's like yeah, Bruins have been in six as well. It's like yeah, how many more do you got? Yeah, it's but they like do. They have them. They have. Them. They're running out of ideas. That's why the Pen- I mean, with the Fenway Park thing, the Penguins kind of ran with the old pirate jerseys. I thought they were kind of fresh. I didn't really like them at first, but I did end up liking them. But 
like, what is Seattle going to do? I'm like, my only thing was like, they should just wear a Mariners jersey. If it's going to be at the I Mariners actually, field. No, I think they might go with a actual Kraken type logo. I think they'll go with like a, a Kraken looking thing. Make You can make it pretty sick. Knights get like a knight going on. But there. Like, they have a lot of options. But, but I'm, like, haven't actually, they already had every color jersey that they have? Like, they have a teal jersey. They have navy. Yeah, but black. they do letter logos. Yeah. But no, the thing that I, I have to say on this one is I'm actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I'm very excited for this matchup. I think Vegas is one of the most bandwagon teams in the NHL. For non-hockey fans, people that aren't traditionalists, um, if they're to gravitate to a team, surprisingly, a lot of them I know go to Vegas. And I personally am a big fan of them. I like the style of hockey they play. I like the culture. I like the names they have there. They have what? Stone and Eichel, Petrangelo, um, Carlson. They have Bruce Cassidy on the bench. And they're playing in Sin City, so it doesn't really get better than that. And the success they've had throughout the year is unprecedented. And then on top of that, Seattle is actually starting to build together a team that's going to be very exciting to watch over the next few years. No, I th- I years. agree. I'm not downplaying the team they are. I just like I'm thinking of the yeah. history, like the winter when you think of There's... the winter classic. Oh no, I like, agree with you. You the original six teams. Even like the Penguins, they're not. I mean, they're not original six. Like, but yeah, no, but most Marquee. of the times it does involve an original six team. Storied franchises, at least. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. But like, um, I, I, I agree with you. But they like you said, they played in so many games. And then you add in all of those stadium series. You have to get new names out there in the market. And you're not going to grow the game better than this. For a league that is very lacking in their ability to grow the game, I think that um, they're actually doing it for once. And the one time I've seen NHL promotional videos anywhere on TV and all over the internet has really been for this last winter classic. So I think they're going to get more progressive and get these teams out there and really build that fan base to a new level. Think another one thing that I just thought of actually not to ramble on is um you know did you watch the intermission of the game with the black keys and whatnot? I wasn't really paying attention to the intermissions. Exactly. So nobody was. Everybody got up cuz I like the black keys but not many people do and the stadium definitely wasn't rocking with it. You get Vegas Seattle, you have a lot of different opportunities to get um entertainment there and i think wherever it is held what city is it held in? it's in seattle it's in seattle with the mariners field yeah there that's gonna be a pretty crazy week of uh hype up to this game next year so I, i'm i'm excited to see all the uh things they can throw together to get this one going um i think it'll be a good matchup next year i'd like i don't know like i was thinking like even like Rangers Islanders, like that'd be sick. And like they've Yankee already Stadium. done, a, they've already done Rangers Islanders. Have they? Yeah, yeah. It was the Rangers Islanders De- Devils. They did like a stadium series thing. It was, That's uh, right. Each, yeah, each team played each other. Honestly, Everybody's a lot of teams it. have done it. I've been thinking about it. Like Dallas did it. Uh, Kings Nashville. have done it. Nashville's Lose. done it. Like teams have done it. I was thinking, like, I don't know. They've gotten the diversity out there for. Red uh, Wings, Blackhawks, uh, his, his, McDa- his McDavid played outdoors in a winter class. The Heritage Classic. Yeah, didn't they do uh, Oilers? That's the Canadian Calgary? one. I guess, the, I guess it's usually... Yeah, the Canadian one is usually the Heritage Classic. That's what they call There's it. There's been the one Canadian team in the winter classic. It was when they played... What is that? Is that Ann Arbor, Michigan? They had uh, Toronto and Detroit play. That was, one of my, that was one of the coolest ones, in my opinion. I like the Biggest jersey one. set up in that one, actually. Yeah, that's is that was it played at Michigan's football field? Yeah, hundred. Yeah, that's what they should 000. do. They should go to yeah. They should go to like. What about Penguins like Flyers at Beaver Stadium? That'd be cool. There's a hundred thousand seats there. That would sell out. Yeah, but Penguins and Flyers have been so many. And the Flyers are an abysmal team to watch. Yeah, that's what I mean. The Flyers aren't involved in this for like three more years. 
Last time they were in a uh, stadium series type game, they got beat by the Bruins 8-1. Yeah, that was Come bad. They, we talked about that. They had no business being invited to that. Yeah. Keep that. Keep those flyers off our TV. Philly listeners, get smoked. Your team's bad. Sorry, Bill. Stick to football. Lots of good stuff out of the NHL. Make sure to stay tuned for our picks nightly as we release those on all our social media platforms. Next up, let's go over to the MLB. The only thing we got here is new contract signing for star third baseman Rafael Devers and the Boston Red Sox agreeing on a one-year $17.5 million contract that has now been extended to 11 years, $331 million. Solid third baseman there. Solid pickup for the Red Sox to secure him for 11 years. Anything on this, boys? Um, I'm hyped for this. I mean, I've been chirping the the Red Sox ownership for a while because they don't like to pay anybody. So it's surprising they actually did that, which is crazy to say we're such a big market team. But Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Nathan Eovaldi, um, the list goes on and on of who's been Kyle Schwarber. They've just been released for pennies. I mean, it's about time they ponied up and dished out some dough. But uh, I think it's long overdue. Red Sox Nation really has been calling for this uh, – ownership to, to spend some money on their young superstars homegrown talent for a while and uh, i think even at the winter classic they uh, they didn't give any applause to john henry and the rest of the ownership so they decided maybe it's time to pay some of our our drafted talent and mookie Betts is gonna be a cornerstone of this franchise for years to come perennial all-star i know huff you said you're a big fan De- uh raffy big scoops right yeah i love watching him come up to the plate with an absolute gnaw in his lip it's just, and he's standing there dude he has one of the most aggressive and intimidating like plate presences, in my opinion. If I'm a pitcher and I see him standing there, like obviously you think of like Aaron Judge and all the big names, but like, dude, I do not want to throw to that dude down the middle. He is taking you yard ten times out of ten if you give him what he wants. Like, and he's got I, the baby face, the baby face killer. <laughs> dude, he's the best. I love him. I I don't know. I just and like obviously I'm not a Red Sox guy. I usually gravitate towards the Yankees. He's always been someone I've just really liked rooting for. He's and like I like third baseman, so he's someone I can root for. At that age, too, with a DH even future down the line, but he's he's a great fielder too. I was gonna say, well, I he mean, just played DH. He's pretty good at third base. Yeah, but he's so young. Eleven years isn't even that far. Like third base, like I mean, come on, yeah. corner infield, you're not doing too much. Yeah, we've seen the third baseman do it for how many years? Yeah, look at Alex Rodriguez when he was back there. Yeah, um, the Yankees. Even but, like, uh, no. what's his name that just went to the Diamondbacks from the Giants, Longoria? How long was he there? Yeah, fifteen oh, yeah. years. Yeah, ten and years. It feels still, like he's, he's still hitting bombs. Yeah, he's still legit. Well, he was on the Rays forever. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, he's been yeah, in the league. He was, how long he do you think on the, he's been in the I, league? I think he might have been on the Devil Rays. That's how long. Probably like ten, yeah, fifth, twelve years. 12, 12, this might 15. be his like fourteenth year. Yep, and I still pick him up in fantasy, relevant too. So even at an old age yeah. in the MLB, we know you can get it done. I mean, one of the better leagues to age out in. For sure. The least physically demanding, at least from like a offensive standpoint. You don't have any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, sure. I feel I'm, like if I, you hear a guy retire after seven years in the MLB, it's usually something happened. You know what I mean? Injury problems. Yeah, it's a pitcher. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, but no, he doesn't, he doesn't have any more ligaments to replace. In his throwing elbow. Yeah, Tommy John too many times. But uh, definitely excited to watch Devers continue to tear it up at Fenway Park, uh, kind of like the Bruins did the other night to your Penguins. So, yeah, and that, definitely uh, excited about that. That park is so perfect for him, too. He just 
it's just like He'd a home well run. He do well yeah. anyway. But like those short, I just love watching like big, like the big hitters in the short uh, fields. It's just like the monster. Yeah, it's too favorable for him. Like, but like you said, he does it in away parks too. So. Oh yeah, uh, I, I after um letting go of uh Bogarts, I mean you figured Devers was gonna get paid, didn't you? Uh, I was hoping so, but they don't like to pay anybody, so I'm not surprised. Mookie Betts they, got traded, so they just like <laughs> buying other sports teams. Yeah, well, that's probably why we won. Had at Fenway Park, own baseball team and the opposing hockey team. They give us a free win. Uh, interesting. So, like, the, the, the Penguins' least. starting goalie is going to go down halfway through the first. Oh that's my! Only- Last thing to touch on that game. That Tristan Jerry clearly injured. We didn't get a shot on goal while he's limping around. I was so mad. <laughs> what they couldn't get the plate? I didn't see that. They couldn't get the plate in. No, no, he stayed in the game for multiple whistles, but he he probably got hurt at like the twelve minute mark and came out at like the four minute mark. And yep. you would could note it was noticeable. His like he couldn't slide over on his right, and every time he get hit by a puck, he'd be like dying. And then he, he couldn't move at all. And the Bruins just, they'd get the puck in the zone, just keep it to the outside, get nothing to the net. And then finally a, a TV timeout, they swapped him. I was going to say, why would he say in that game? I don't know. He had chances to come off too. And DeSmith was motioning to him, but I don't know. Penguin staff was too intrigued with the monster. So you just got to body up Connor Bedard. Guy's a stud, though. Right, Absolutely ridiculous. He broke Lindros's record, or is he tied? Bro, he has like 21 points in five games. What was Lindros's record? Was it 19? Or maybe it was 31. I don't know, something like that. But he, he smoked the record, whatever it was. Hope he goes to the Blackhawks. <clears throat> going to, he's going to Arizona. Ew. You hear Wit talk about it? Nah. Wit's like, yeah, uh... Batman's got Arizona up his sleeve. There's no way, he's... and they haven't even won a lottery, so they're like, "Yeah, they were saving it for this one." They're just giving everything to Arizona for this draft. That's some wishful thinking. I I really hope it works out. And he goes to Chicago. I'd like to see him on a big market in the prime time. I'd kind of like to see him go to Arizona. Ugh, I like. I wouldn't mind seeing Arizona good, and then see Austin you know Matthews he, you team know up with him back in his hometown. You know what happened when he goes to Arizona? Everybody be like, "I can't wait for him to leave Arizona." No, Austin Matthews is gonna meet up with him in his hometown, and he's gonna yeah. they're gonna run Arizona. Because Austin Matthews can't beat the Coyotes. He's just exactly, dude. This is all a tactic. He he's not beating them on purpose. He's trying to boost their franchise a little. That'd be sick. In those in those jerseys they wear too, they're tough. Yeah, I mean the team's bankrupt though, so you lose money on the escrow. No way Austin Matthews is going there. Yeah. I agree. Nah, I'm just wishful thinking here, but uh, that'd be pretty dope. <laughs> Hopefully, they're still in the lead. Hopefully, they're still the Arizona Coyotes by the time Connor Bernard's drafted. Not that far away, but still. <laughs> Tons of good stuff there out of the MLB and a little more touch on the NHL there as well. But let's move over to the college football world. The big news here on New Year's Eve, the Buckeyes blew their late lead over the Georgia Bulldogs in the Peach Bowl with an opportunity to take the lead back with six seconds left as the East Coast was striking midnight Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles absolutely shanked what have been been the game-winning 50-yard field goal. I know uh, Huff really ate this one up, got us a live reaction 
that we were able to post. Huff, let's shoot it over to you to start this one off. A tough one there as the clock strikes midnight going into the new year. Yeah, the timing on that one couldn't have been uh, much worse for me. Wish I would have been on the other side. Or uh, wish I would have just taken the points, but um, the money line was looking like the right play the entire game. Um, and leading up to the kick, I didn't like the angle he had at it. They were on the left hash, and they didn't really have much of a chance to center it up, obviously, with the play that C.J. Stroud had to get them there uh, with the amount of time they had left. They knew they were going to get a shot at the field goal after that, uh, a 50-yarder, arguably the best kicker in college uh, college football gets a chance at it to send your team to the national championship. And uh, I think they said he's an Ohio kid too. So you got to think he's been dreaming of that moment his whole life. And to get the the result that came up and I mean, if you haven't seen it already, go check out our Instagram and the video that I posted, but pretty pathetic attempt, I guess you'd say at a game winning field goal. Uh, I couldn't even believe it. As soon as it came off his foot, I knew where it was going right to the wide left and um, the rest is history. Georgia wins that game by one, and we're going to get to see them uh, have a chance to defend their national championship um, as they win that game. Crazy, crazy game. Um, I mean, all props to Stetson Bennett, who basically showed that he still has it and uh, is still with the ability to lead this Georgia team to to score these high or to win these high-scoring games. Uh, everyone talks about Georgia and uh, the defense and the defense. How are you going to score on Georgia? Ohio State put up 45 points and lost the game. So. Um, Stetson Bennett props to him Georgia's offense they did their job got um, I mean insane game you can't wish for I mean as a fan that's obviously one of the best endings you could have just wish I didn't have Ohio State money line as the last leg of a parlay there but um, you win some you lose some we're on to the next one but yeah tough tough loss for Ohio State there but um, I really would have liked to see them in the national championship but like I said you win some lose some you hate to see such a great game with so much talent on the field decided by someone who's uh, place-kicking in college football. I think that's one of the toughest things to watch. And, like, after he after he kicked it, he went up to the holder and, like, was, like, hugging the holder, like, picked him up. Like, the holder had his head down like he was the one that fucked something up. So, I don't know who did it. Maybe it was a bad, bad hold. Absolutely yeah. could have been. I didn't see anything on that, but it definitely could have been. I just that that sucks for a game like that. Like 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 I said, to come down to the foot of a college kicker. Like I don't know. It's, it, it, that should have been in the hands of C.J. Stroud, which it basically was, I guess. But we've seen. I don't know. I th- he did so much that game. He did he did more than enough to win that football game. And you know, you just can't let a team hang around like that. You get a ten point lead on that team late in a, late in a football game, and you gotta hold on. You gotta you just gotta hold on. There's no excuse for that. We've seen one of the biggest names in sports media miss that kick before, Ace Pat McAfee for WVU. Yeah, that's. But he went on to the NFL. I mean, how <laughs> dude, many Ru- of these Ruggles kickers? This guy the will not be in the yeah. NFL. <laughs> I think, dude. I think he will. He's one of the best kickers in college football, and he's Ohio. Oh, State. is he? He's I didn't. Like, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't. I didn't yeah. know how that. many? How many college football kickers actually go to the league? Though not many. You know, that's my. Yeah, point. I feel like they're like, like picked up off the street more often than not. Yeah, which is crazy. Such a weird position. That's all mental. I mean, I think as time goes on that we're going to see more and more get better. Just like every position gets better, place kicking will definitely increase. There's more people to look at it as a real position in the NFL. I hope I hope so because Boz, my boy Boswell has been struggling times this year. Well, 50 yeah, years ago, think about kicking versus today, even 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. 
such an important part of the game. All right, another point here in the college football world. Heisman finalist Matt Dugan in the TCU Horned Frogs will get their chance to dethrone Heisman finalist Stetson Bennett in the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs after upsetting number two Michigan 51-45 in a wild semifinal. Anything about this news here, boys? Lots of good stuff coming into the college football final championship. Yeah, coming from West Virginia, I mean, I, I mean, this is my opinion, but I just think the Big 12 is awful at football, and TCU is really uh, surprising me here. I didn't think that they were going to be able to stand around with that Michigan team. Max Duggan, I mean, he's better than I thought he was. I'm not going to lie. He is better than I thought he was, and he's um, leading this so TCU is that re- team. So is the receiver that number one? He's a stud. He's really good, Duggan, too. Duggan's built different, though. He's just an athlete. You look at him, you're like, yep, that's an athlete. Versus he Stetson is, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, what do you think about this game, though? Uh, TCU's 12.5-point underdog, so uh, which way are you leaning? I don't know how you can take Georgia minus 12.5. How could you How could you not in this game? Yeah, I'm, Just I, take I think points. I'm I don't. I keep betting against Georgia, and it's not a good strategy, but... You you won this time if you took the points. Yeah, I didn't, though. I. 12.5 is a lot for any championship game. Yeah, I had I a I had a I teaser I had a teaser Michigan minus a half fucking lost but I mean another thing about that Michigan game we had the under in that one and there was like seventy eight points scored in the third quarter so just a bad look for us on that one but like I said I mean the just game just went the opposite you just don't have a good read it just went the opposite way of what we expected it happens it's college football it's, you're still betting on on uh, eighteen nineteen year old football players so. uh you know, some unexpected things happen. It is what it is. We were on the right side of that Ohio State game, at least for the for the fact that we um, we knew it for was going to be at least a close one. Ninety nine point nine percent of that game, we were on the right side. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Some wild stuff coming out of those semifinal games coming into the championship. Lots of good stuff, and stay tuned for more on that. Let's jump into some news in the NFL before we jump into our Week eighteen analysis. Some sad news coming out of the game on Monday. Bills, DeMar Hamlin suffers cardiac arrest on the field versus the Bengals early in the game on Monday after a tackle with Bengals T. Higgins. Hamlin just 24 years old. Very sad news there. Hoping for the best for him as always. Any comments here, boys? Mm, Yeah, obviously. um, You see something like that happen in the game and the game get postponed. I was happy to see that game not. Uh, get played in that moment. You saw some of the players' reactions on the sidelines, what they had to go through, kind of like sh- huddling around. So, give the privacy to the to the player Hamlin in that sense on the field down uh, until they were able to get him out in the ambulance. So, never something you want to see, and uh, definitely hopes and prayers for him. But I'm hoping to get him back sooner than later. But um, just kind of waiting around, staying on updates. He's supposedly still in intensive care at this moment, but. Uh, has been improving with this being a Wednesday night right now, but um, yeah, nothing else from that. But just just a tough scene on Monday night, and um, you never want to see that. So um, but, yeah, tough. Yeah, you hate to see it. Great guy, um, terrible injury. Uh, yeah, that's what that happens. Love to see um, all the support coming in from all of the organizations and everybody supporting his uh, foundation. And definitely hope for the best for him. Hope he makes a quick, speedy recovery, full recovery. Yeah, the the, the Outlast sh- support shown by the NFL has kind of impressed me a lot. 
like you see all the stadiums lighting up the red and blue with the three and all the literally like every team's Twitter account. Like I know that doesn't really do much, but all the teams donating to his chasing M's toy drive, uh, all the stuff that he does off the field. I think the if you look at the GoFundMe, I think the goal was like twenty five thousand dollars. I think right now he's up to six point five million. So um, people just kind of donating money, whatever they can, to his foundation to show support to him. So, um, but hoping get him out, get him back to stable condition sooner than later. So, but yeah, that's really it. Yeah, you just hate to see it. I mean, such a good guy off the field too. Terrible accident. I don't know. You guys said it best. Alrighty, and next point here out of the NFL is that the as the Miami Dolphins preparing to play this week without their starting and backup quarterbacks, Tua and Teddy Bridgewater, they have signed veteran quarterback Mike Glennon to their practice squad to give him some backup there. Huff, what do you think about this one here coming out of this, Miami? Some good news for you, Yinzers. Yeah, I, I'm all for any signing that any quarterback they want to pull off the street right now. Maybe let's get Johnny Manziel in a Miami uniform for a game on Sunday. Please. Um, that wouldn't T- hurt. Tell me how the Steelers and Mike Tomlin always fucking find a way to bring a <laughs> shitty-ass team into the playoffs. It's going to happen again. Coach. I know it's going to happen. Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, well, Bill Belichick sitting over there not winning these uh, not – I mean, I guess if they win, they're in, but I don't think... He's in the same exact spot, Mackie. What are you talking about? Last year, they were not a playoff... Oh, yeah, they were. Two years ago, they were not a playoff team. They were last year, though. Yeah, skim of their the teeth. They're not, they're, not, they're not winning that game in Buffalo. Come on. Let's be realistic here. Mac Jones? Yeah. I love when people say they're not going to do things. That's all right. We'll see. We got a chance. Worry about winning your division. I mean, listen, we we're in a playoff spot. We're comfy right now. Don't be chirping my Cowboys. are sitting at twelve and four. Well, the thing is, also, what did I say? Ace before the thing, season. Ace before the season. I said the rings. Talk. I said those Pats. Those Pats gonna win the playoffs. Those Pats gonna win eight or nine games. They're gonna be sitting at eight and nine or nine and eight. And look at they're sitting at eight and eight going into week eighteen. That's insane, man. You want to know what's crazy? Actually, you remember when you guys laughed at me for saying there could be potentially three playoff teams from the AFC East and all four are like in the hunt that's like nutty you're 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 lucky to get two two now no I know yeah we'll be lucky to get two but it's crazy like it's they're right there. so what are you talking about I mean the NFC East is the actual division that's running the the NFL right now I mean the NFC as a whole is just terrible in my opinion oh yeah they hear I mean you could say that yeah I'm not wrong did you look at the did you look at the Pro Bowl quarterbacks when that list came out I mean, on one side, you had Mahomes, Allen, Barrow. On the other side, you had, like, Hurts, Cousins, and, like, someone else who's not very good. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. Yeah, he's not very good. It's System QB. Feels nice saying that about someone else. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. Well, Well, we'll see after week 18 when Mac Jones isn't able to win a football game in Buffalo. Oh, no, I was referring to people saying about Brady. No, yeah, I know what you're referring to, and Brady slander is not. We won't, we won't really have that here. Big Brady, guy yeah, especially over here after too. he proved it. After he proved it, we've. I think. I mean, I everybody knew, but you prove it when you go somewhere else and win year one. But Hurts, I think he's a good athlete. I don't think he's MVP level though. Nowhere near Borrow Allen Mahomes. In the in the in the grand scheme of things, maybe not, but this season, a thousand percent, he he deserves that. Um, next year, teams are just going to be able to. Do more film. They have more. They're gonna have more film on this 
offense. That's a great roster. So We've been saying gonna, it all year. I mean, it's just like you're going to see the same thing with Justin Fields next year. He's obviously going to slow down because teams are going to have more film on him and they're going to be able to pick up on his, on his, on on the things that he does. I mean, it's just what happens. That's why Lamar Jackson had a 2019 MVP season and he's doing what he's doing now. I mean, it's just how football works. To counteract your point on Lamar Jackson, though, the thing is, look at the help around Jalen Hurts. He has help at every single position coaching, O line, skill position, wide receiver, tight end, running back, defense. Um, That's. That's why Lamar's not going to stay in Baltimore, in my opinion. They don't want to give agree. him the weapons. He has nothing. He has a tight end. He's like, I'll go build my own theme somewhere. For somewhere that already has weapons, I'll just walk but right into it. With We'll touch on this when we get to the Steelers and Ravens. And whatnot, Dallas, but man. With that, with that game last week, how evident is Do you want him over that? Dak? I, I yeah. see, I, if Dak can't win a playoff game this, this year, then yeah. 100%. But you have Dak locked up. Like That's not even... Could you imagine Lamar in Dallas? That'd be fucking crazy. No, I just think I just think the place for him to be would be Miami. You'd, really, even though you'd I, hate, I hate it. to say it, but would be where Miami. He's from Miami. He's from South Florida. That's the perfect place. Great, great weapons. Uh, yeah, the defense coach. is low progressive key ready. Progressive Damn, coach, Pat, young Pat team. wouldn't see the playoffs for so long. You're saying that now. Saying that now. Another guy that doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. What are you talking about? Jackson, Josh Allen. I thought you were talking about my Cowboys. I was like, what? Oh, Oh, Mackie, you're getting sensitive that you don't have any rings over there in the lifetime. I actually don't. can't blame me. I will have a a three-leg parlay that consists of Bill's money line, Jets money line, and Steelers money line. A Steelers playoff berth parlay. Oh, that's that's a good bet, I mean, yeah, you might as well bet it. Wait, you need a Jets win? You need a Jets win? Mm. Uh, Against Mike Glennon, it's possible. Against Mike Glennon or Mike Glennon. They yeah, but still, it's so, that's so, I, like, the Jets are the Jets. I need a Patriot. I need them to beat, with Brett Favre as their QB, they needed to beat such a bad team back in the day. The one year Brady was hurt and Matt Castle led the Patriots to 10-6. Yep. I think Brett Favre just had a win, and he lost to some really bad team. Are you kidding me? Like, the goddamn Jets, dude. The goddamn Jets. <laughs> I hope I'm not playing, saying that on Sunday. I hope I'm drinking the Mike White Kool-Aid. Around I don't know. I feel, like, uh, I feel like that's so Jets to have such a good season and then obviously not make the playoffs, but then finish up the season good as well, you know? Just like, hey. We'll you- talk about it as we get to that game, but it should be. Yeah, that'll be fun. Talk about Alrighty, and the final point here in the NFL is the Bucks' Week 17 win has secured a spot for Tom Brady in his 14th consecutive playoff appearance. Big props to the man. 14 straight years in the playoffs. It's kind of wild, actually. Anything on that, boys? Even divorce can't, even divorce can't hold him down. For sure. <laughs> 14 straight, and like he's won like 19 out of his 22 seasons. Like He's won the division 19 out of his 22 seasons. Safe to say seasons. that guy's pretty good. But uh, yeah, excited to see him turn up in the playoffs and the the revival of Mike Evans. We'll get into that more too. But um, I mean, not a team you want to see down the stretch. Never a team you want to see down the stretch. Tom Brady. Eesh. NFC beware. Mac, your Cowboys shaking in their boots. I am shaking in my boots. It's such a bad matchup for us. Mackie, I... I in Raymond James Stadium too, right? Yeah, they won their you division, got... so they're playing at home. That's Mackie, if Dak has a good game which is such a big if that game reminds me so much of rams bucks last year in the playoffs when the rams just had their way with them 
Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I, I can't see that happening. I see, I see, just see a really low-scoring game to be honest. I don't think Tom Brady would be able to move the ball downfield, but Dak would just, I don't know, he's got to prove it to me. You guys definitely have a better running game. We could also win the division if we win this week and Eagles lose. Eagles are playing against a pretty tough Giants team this week. I mean, I know Jalen Hurts. They're fourteen-point but... favorites. Yeah. Who are the Giants sitting? Because they're fourteen-point favorites. I don't know. We'll see. Let's jump into some of these games here, boys. Week 18's here, and we're ready for it. Let's start off with our games on Saturday, 4.30 p.m., the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs are our favorite here at 9.5 points, their money line sitting at minus 450, and the total sitting at 52.5. The trends I got here is that Vegas is 4-3 and three straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games. It's gone 4-0 and oh in the last four against the AFC West. And the Chiefs continue their pattern of winning straight up but losing against the spread last week against the Broncos. They're now 9-1 and one straight up, 3-7 and seven against the spread in their last 10. What do we think about this one, boys? Let's send it to Mackie. Mackie, get us going on this one. Yeah, did you say Vegas is 4-0 and oh in their last four against the AFC West? Correct. Wow, I, that's a stat I wasn't expecting to, to hear. But um, yeah, um, Chiefs need to win this game. They clinch up once the one seed, and uh, I mean, they're also five and zero against the AFC West this this year in in the um, division. So I, I don't see any way this can go wrong for Pat Mahomes. Um, they're going into Las Vegas, so I guess they're not playing on their home field. But they've been able to tear apart this AFC West all season. The past few years, they've had no problem with the AFC West. Um, I just don't I don't see that Jared Stidham being able to do anything against uh against a, a Chiefs team that's trying to clinch up a number one number one seed in the, in the AFC. I don't know if you guys uh disagree with me, but... Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you, Mackie. Um, I think I think they're going to get that number one seed. It's been inevitable. It's funny to think that some people were counting this team out as the weakest link in the AFC West coming into the season. And now Mahomes is right there with another MVP uh, talk. I think we kind of touched on that before they were, we were going to say... If somebody has to have a good season, it's Patrick Mahomes, and he's doing it. And look at the team. They're going that success. Uh, probably one of the most proven teams in the NFL at this point. Um, I can't think of anybody else that comes to the top of the mind with the most consistent success as of late. Um, weapons weapons everywhere. Travis Kelsey, you know, he's he's prime time. I think that Jarrett Stidham was a bit of a fluke. Um, but I do think Josh Jacobs has a good game to finish up a very good contract year. Yeah, I kind of—I don't know. I kind of think the Raiders are able to hang around in this game. Is like the Chiefs kind of maybe take things off of going into the playoffs. I know they don't really have. Um, they kind of do. They need to win this game with the Chiefs. They do need I don't to know. Win. For the they're still playing for the one seed, so obviously we don't know what's going to happen with that Bills Bengals game that just got postponed slash canceled on Monday. Um, but I don't know. I in a divisional matchup, a nine point underdog. I know we saw Jared Stidham have a pretty good outing uh, last week against a pretty. Obviously, one of the top, if not the best, defense in the NFL in the 49ers. And um, I thought Stidham was able to get the job done with the weapons that Derek Carr has had all season, just hasn't been able to do the job. And um, I don't know. I like the Raiders here plus the 10. To go off your Stidham point, it he's been in that Josh McDaniels offense his whole career, so he does know it to a T. But, yeah, I was surprised. I think that's more of a fluke than anything, but we'll see. But one thing I wanted to bring up a point with you saying that um, them playing, you know, for – 
an important game and a bye and whatnot. I do like that we only have we have seven teams now in the playoffs because it makes a lot more games much more interesting. There's only one bye in the in each conference, so it's so crucial to secure that if you can. So I, I, so I do important. Think get the job. So important. Health reasons, everything. Free free week off, and anybody can beat anybody, in my opinion, in the NFL, especially this year. So if you can survive one week with a bye, nothing better. I think the Chiefs get the job done. Ten, maybe a little hefty on the road in a divisional matchup, especially if they pound the rock with Josh Jacobs heavily, who's been having probably a top five season of all running backs. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna look at maybe some Mahomes props as he continues his uh, case for 2022. NFL MVP. Going to be a real interesting 430 game there on Saturday. Spread there nine and a half. We'll see what happens. Let's move forward game to the game 815 on Saturday. The Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are the favorite here at six points. Their money line sitting at minus 265 and the over-under sitting at 40. The Titans lost straight up to the Cowboys last Thursday night, but they managed to get uh, a push against the spread. The Jaguars played their starters enough to start to secure the straight up and against the spread win over the Texans last week, maintaining their late season momentum and giving themselves a chance to make the postseason as a wild card, even if they don't beat the Titans this week. So what do we think about this six-point spread here? Let's send it to Ace. What do you think? Yeah, so... Touching on it last week, Jaguars were my pick of the week, playing such great football lately. Trevor Lawrence staking his claim as the top quarterback of his draft class and a legitimate threat in the uh, AFC South. And now they get to prove it as with a home matchup against the faltering Tennessee Titans, who rule it out with Josh Dobbs. Um, I know with Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel, though, it's no easy order. Um, very tall task for a young team out of Jacksonville. I do like the Jaguars to win this week, but I only like them on the money line. Six points is a lot in such a crucial game. This could be coming down to someone's foot or last possession type thing. I do think Trevor Lawrence continues to cruise, though. Would look for him to throw over 300 yards for sure against one of the most, uh, one of the biggest pass funnel defenses in the NFL. Um, the Titans defense not offering much. I know Bayard had a couple of picks against Dak and the boys last week, but they were more nonetheless tough drops. Um, yeah, give me the Jaguars to win this division. I was saying it last week. They're playing great football, and they're going to carry it over. Um, going to be a good one to watch, though. Uh, I think it'll be lower scoring. The over-under, you said, sitting at 40. I like the Jaguars team total, honestly, in this one. That's going to be my favorite play. Um, Jaguars money line as well. Love that. I don't know how you guys lean on this AFC South bout. I actually am I'm right there with you. I like the Jags. I'm going to take the points, though. I like the minus six. I'll take them here. With the Titans, I believe they're still going with Josh Jobs and uh, who didn't have a terrible outing, I guess you would say, against the Cowboys. Um, I think in a divisional matchup, I usually say take the points, but I really like the Jaguars and what they're doing here. This home field is going to carry in and have a huge role in this game. I also like the under to what you said. I think it's going to be a slower game uh, if the Titans uh, aren't able to put up the points. I think the Jaguars cover the game. Um, maybe it goes under, but I like the spread more. I uh, lean Jags minus six. Yeah, I'm definitely on the same side as you guys in terms of uh, the Jaguars winning this division. I think they get the job done at the end of the day. But um, I don't know about the six points. I feel like it's a little much. I think we could see um, – I know it's against Josh Dobbs as well, and he's very um unproven. But we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence at this stage yet. Every game he's played, 90% of the games he's played, he hasn't really expected to make the playoffs. And they went on a little run recently, winning, like I don't know, what, four of the last five or something. So they're – 
in a nice spot to win this division after uh, the Titans and Colts were very underperforming. They they underperformed uh, heavily this year, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Trevor Lawrence comes out and plays this game and how he deals with a, a clinching scenario. But I think he can go, come out to a slow start and it can uh, it can end up being a pretty close game. So I think six points is a little too much, but I do think the Jaguars will um, end up winning this game. Good stuff there to round about round out our Saturday. Let's move forward to Sunday. Starting with our one o'clock slate, we have the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. The Jets are the favorite here at just one point. Their money line sitting at minus 125 and the over-under sitting at 38.5. New York never looked ready to play in its straight-up and against-the-spread loss to the Seahawks last week and was eliminated from playoff contention. The Dolphins managed a late-against-the-spread win and lost straight up to the Patriots. They can still make the playoffs with a win and a Patriots loss, but they'll have to beat the Jets without both Tua and Teddy Bridgewater this week. What do we think about this matchup here at 1 o'clock on Sunday? Mackie, why don't you guys go on this one? Yeah, as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of implications going into this game. Um, we're going to see Mike White versus Mike Glennon, I think. Is that confirmed that he's playing? or? I'm looking that up right now. So we're probably looking at Mike White versus Mike Glennon. I, I like I the Jets to... I don't know. I like I like the Jets yeah, to win it's this not, game. It's out. not it's not looking good for uh, Tua or Teddy. Dolphins. Michael uh, Mike McDaniel drops Grim. Tua Tagovailoa. Teddy Bridgewater updates for Week 18 versus Jets. Well, Tua should never play football ever again, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the Jets to win this game with uh, Mike Glennon coming in. This team has not had any confidence recently. They've coming up. They've uh they haven't won a game in what four weeks now. Um. Five five weeks, coming off a brutal loss to the Patriots. Um, I I just don't see them finding a way to figure figure this game out and make the playoffs. I mean, they win this game, they're in the playoffs. This is not a playoff team. Uh, we I, I just think the Jets are a little more well put together team right now, uh, especially with Mike Glennon coming into quarterback the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I would love. The Jets, minus one. No bias here for the Steelers. I actually do really think the Jets win this game, obviously, with the situation. And uh, a lot of a lot of injuries on the side for the Dolphins, and this game not really meaning too much to them. They have, they're have they statistically eliminated, I believe I saw last week, correct, with that loss? The, the Dolphins are out of it, out of it, right? No, the Dolphins win and they're in. Really? No. I thought yeah, I they, saw last week no. they were eliminated. No, there's a lot. Patriots win and they're in. Um, everybody else needs a scenario. Oh, Dolphins win and Patriots lost and they're in. It, yeah, but okay. it's I saw the Dolphins have the best chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, out of the I, three. I that. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that makes sense. Because they're only a one. I don't know. They're only one point. I I like the Dolphins here. I mean, I think their coach and the playmakers around them. I know, um, whoever at quarterback it is, Mike McDaniel is going to make a simple game plan whoever it is he's going to get a lot of work with them this week to get ready for a weak team that's kind of packed it in um Jets not really having a chance to get into the playoffs here so I, I like the Dolphins to uh I like the Dolphins to get it done this week only one point at home too such everybody knows it's tough to play in Miami um as a visiting team and Mike White that hype has been going and there's some tape on him now I, I think McDaniels gets it going they they're gonna score too many points and uh Zonovan Knight, the hyper on him's kind of fallen off as well. Um, give me the Dolphins here, money line 
for sure. Love that. Um, might even see this on the card this week for me. Make make it tough for the Patriots at least. Solid, solid start to the week there. One o'clock, Jets and Dolphins. Next one up is the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers come in as the favorite here at home at minus two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 148 in the over-under, sitting at 40 and a half. The Browns beat the Commanders straight up and against a spread on the road and will look to continue their season by spoiling their rivals' <clears throat> playoff dreams. Pittsburgh winning straight up and against the spread over the Ravens on Sunday night football to keep its playoff hopes alive and can get in with the win and losses by the Dolphins and the Patriots. The Browns also haven't finished with a better record than the Steelers since 1989. Huff, let's send it over to you, our Pittsburgh correspondent. What do we think about this one? One o'clock in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, like I said earlier, I'm going to have the boots on the ground at Akersher Stadium for this one. I'm going to be wheeling home the Steelers minus two and a half. Uh, I kind of alluded to, I like the the other two teams in their spots. I like the Jets and uh, obviously, uh, ace, no disrespect. I like the Bills on Sunday, but uh, I really like the Steelers in this spot, whether the other two things happen or not. I like the Steelers minus two and a half here. This is a huge spot for Kenny Pickett. He's been rolling and uh, he is him. He's the guy. We've seen that now the past two weeks against the Raiders on Christmas Eve against the, the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, two game-winning drives. He's legit. He's been playing. Uh, it's just been a steady incline throughout the entire season, and I really like where we're at heading into hopefully a playoff uh, playoff game with him. But if not, you know, he had a hell of a rookie season, and I really like what I have uh, with him at quarterback. But I like the Steelers minus two and a half here. Yeah, I've, I've been really liking Pickett's game recently. Uh, two games in a row where he's needed to drive down the field to win a football game, and he's done it twice. Uh, that pass to Najee Harris to win that football game last week was pretty incredible. It was a, new, it was a veteran throw, and uh, as a Steelers fan, you're definitely hyped to see something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I I also like them to win this game this week. I think we'll see another scenario just like the last two weeks where Kenny Pickett's going to have to go on a game-winning drive with maybe eight minutes left, seven minutes left, um, and then the defense is going to have to uh, hold strong. But it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be um, game one in the trenches, and that's where the Steelers really come uh come on top in, in a lot of these games. Mike Tomlin, just a beast in these type of games, uh, win or go, win and have a chance or go home um, scenarios. So, uh, I, I, yeah, Kenny Pickett will get, do enough to get this done here. Browns are eliminated already, correct? Yeah, I mean, Sean Watson's obviously got something to play for. He's still proving uh, what kind of football player he, he is. Three and two since They're three and two since he uh, returned. So he's still playing for something, but I do think the Steelers will win this football game on their home turf. Yeah, not to disagree with you guys, but I would say pump the brakes a bit on the Kenny Pickett um, talk. I've actually been high on him all year. I think I've said it a few times on the podcast, but um, only one touchdown or <clears throat> what low scoring game the other day, and he still hasn't yeah, really that's proved Steelers, too much. That's Steelers Ravens. Don't judge off that. Yeah, no, but one point you have to remember is they beat Tyler Huntley. You know, um, and they the same score last time they played. I think. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, obviously, rookie season, great moment, great throw in the moment, but where was that the rest of the game, my thought? Um, on the road, though, love to see it. And then one thing to not underestimate is this Cleveland Browns team. I think this is a tougher matchup, honestly, than the Ravens were last week. Another divisional game, so it's a dogfight, and they can have a chance at taking um, of our, an arch rival out of the playoffs, playoff picture with a win. 
Um, a lot of skill on this Browns team. I, I think maybe all of us were kind of high on them, at least at the beginning of the year, or at least when they got Watson back. I mean, you have Watson, Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Njoku. I mean, the list goes on and on on both sides of the ball. And they're just a kind, kind of a disappointment, just being the Cleveland Browns. Let's say it as it is. But um, a chance to maybe finish tied for last in the division here. A win here puts them at the same token as the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So <clears throat> two teams at the same peg going at it. I'm honestly not going to have a play on it. Definitely going to watch this game. Going to be an interesting, tightly contested one. Um, Steelers and Kenny Pickett should find more offense in this game against a bad Browns defense. So maybe that makes me lean Pittsburgh. But uh, the skill on that Cleveland side, and they can beat anybody when they're on their game. I mean, last week we were all in consensus on Washington, thought about team carding on last week's pod, and Cleveland handled them. Um, They like showing up when the stakes aren't very high for themselves, when their season doesn't really matter. So divisional match between these two games is going to be a great game. I know Huff and Jesse are definitely throwing Pittsburgh minus three on their card. Um, Going to be a tough one. I might take a... The over, I, I kind of lean with 40, but this is this is going to be a hotly contested game. And with such inexperience on the offensive side for the Steelers and then a Browns team, which we never know which team is going to show up, um, going to stay away from me, but lean, lean Steelers. I'll lean Steelers with it. To get back on Kenny Pickett real quick, I, did, I don't really think he's I'm – not, I'm not jumping the gun on him. I don't think he's uh... – one of the one of the better quarterbacks in the league just yet, but I, I, he looks like a system quarterback who can who can get the job done at the end of the day, and uh, that's that's Steelers he football. That's who Mike to Tomlin needs. That's who, that, exactly that's who Mike Tomlin needs. So I think he's right where he needs to be, and I think he'll have a pretty successful career if he uh, stays on the same track. You know, it's weird. You know who looked exactly like Kenny Pickett when he played the other day? Don't take this with anything because I think it was just a one game thing, but. Jarrett Stidham looked like Kenny Pickett playing the other day. I was like, "What?" He's like rolling out and like no, I making know the you same. Mean. Like the, he, they looked the same, and I was like, well, "I didn't expect that from Jarrett Stidham." Not to get back on that, that's such a weird. I don't game, think anyone. Did. I think Ke- Kenny Pickett's gonna have a have a solid future in the league, but I don't know. I it's a trap game. This is a tough, tough spot, tougher spot than people think. This Browns team, even though they're dead, not an easy matchup for for their rival Steelers. I I, I agree, and if it is of of I've bit the cheese in the trap with the Steelers before. I'll do it here, but um, I'll take them. It's, it's the home field in the division. Uh, the Steel or the Browns won the game in Cleveland early on in the season. Um, I'll take the Steelers. Ride that defense all day long, Huff. That's what you got to do. Minka, TJ, I'll take my chances. Last point. Last point on the Steelers too. I am a big fan of Jalen Warren. He's, he's going to be a good player, too. He's good, good dude. Punch you, with Najee I saw, his, I saw the stats he's having for an undrafted rookie running back. It's like he only has one touchdown, but he has like 600 yards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it should be an interesting game. For Steelers don't like scoring points or giving them up, but the Browns love giving them up. So I was, gonna, I I was just going to say that. And it's like it's not like Najee has a ton, but obviously when we're on the goal line, you go to Najee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a power back. Filling his do it for That's me on. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he caught that pass from Kenny Pickett to win the game. I don't think he's a very good receiving back. Can we talk about? Did anyone realize how close I was three different times to that first touchdown oh on the card? Oh my god, that was that's a tough dude. one to watch too, Huff, because it's such a slow game. Oh, and the first, and it was that drive. I'm like, I, I took it with my cousin, so much shit. and he was like, he was like, dude, we get a stop here, we have a chance. I'm like, you're right, and then we literally got it. We get down there. And that false start or whatever brought us back, the offensive holding, I'm like, nope, not getting it. And that's that was, that was, and they that didn't was need to. They were pounding the rock perfectly and overcomplicated it. 
Yep. I hate to see it. That's all right. That'll be a good one this week at uh, Akersher uh, Stadium at Heinz Field. And I, the worst part is I took the anytime last week in the Raiders game, and he didn't hit it. I should have taken the anytime this week. I got greedy. Be a good divisional one at Heinz this week. Yes, absolutely. A great divisional game here at Akersher Stadium on Sunday, 1 o'clock. The next one up is the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are our favorite here at two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 140 in the over-under, sitting at 38. Houston lost straight up and against the spread to Jacksonville last week and is just 2-13 and 13 straight up and 6-9 and nine against the spread in its last 15. The Colts were crushed straight up and against the spread by the Giants last week and are only 1-9 and nine straight up and 3-7 and seven <clears> against <throat> the spread in their last 10. Ace, you want to get us rolling on this one, Texans and Colts at 1 o'clock. Yeah, another divisional matchup, but if there was ever a time for me to tell you to stay away from an NFL game, it would be this one. Davis Mills versus Sam Ellinger. Five years from now, you will say those names and people won't even know what you're talking about. They have Royce Freeman and Zach Moss starting in the tailbacks. Um, not much to look forward to in this one. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say I didn't even look into this game, so I can't, I don't, wouldn't even take my own opinion on this game. So yeah, stay away, <laughs> stay away, stay away. These two teams don't even want to play. I, I'm surprised there's gonna be fans in the stands. It might te- just be te- open, open season to get in. You're gonna see some practice mind, players Texans, out there. Keep in mind the Texans are trying to lose so they can have the number one overall pick because I think if something weird happens, the Bears get like close to them. Oh, that's a good point, Huff. And the thing is, Sam Ellinger is not going to win a football game in the NFL, but maybe he does with that tanking mentality. Um, Yeah, last point I'm going to say on this game is if someone plays really well, maybe they'll be in the XFL in a few years. So, good luck. (laughs) Do the Bears have three wins? Yeah. So, if if Bears lose and Texans win, Bears have the number one pick. pick. Texans are going to lose this game. Just for that reason, I this is a this is an awful game. Definitely the worst game of the week. Texans will do everything they can to lose this game. That is all I have to say. Excited to see what comes out of that one. Let's move over to our next one: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are the favorite here at minus four. Their money line sitting at minus two hundred, and the over/under sitting at forty and a half. The Bucks broke. Another one I'd stay away from. True that the Bucks broke through against the Panthers and won straight up and against the spread to secure their NFC South last week, and are now three and three straight up, one and five against the spread in their last six. The Falcons won straight up over the visiting Cardinals, but lost against the spread, and they are only three and seven straight up, two and eight against the spread in their past ten contests. Mackie, what do you think about this one? The Bucks and the Falcons. Yeah, obviously the uh, the money line and the spread are sitting where they are because Bucks don't have nothing to play for. They're probably going to sit every single one of their starters. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much input on this game. If you're not going to see the actual Bucks Bucks team, then uh, I don't know. I can't really give out information on a team I've never seen before. Um, just stay away from this game, I guess. See what Desmond Ritter can do. They're barely good enough to bet on with their starters, let alone their backups. So. Um. Another game, maybe just stay away from it. It's a divisional matchup, and like you said, this could be kind of a showing for Desmond Ritter, um, but I don't know. I'd stay away as well. I I, I know that uh, you said that they might be resting some starters down there in Tampa Bay, but I do think they get the job done and solidify the division. Um, I don't think Tom Brady and the boys are going to end the season as a negative record 
especially against a bad Atlanta Falcons team. Even if they take him out, I don't think Ritter can do much against a uh, such a strong defense. Um, I, I like I like the Bucks to win this one. Money line too. That's that's a nice play. I I think they finished nine and eight going into the playoffs on a high note. Coming off that win too, I just don't see anything from Desmond Ritter really. I don't either. Yeah, and he doesn't have. He much got a win last week against Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, against the backup Cardinals. <laughs> no D Hop, no Kyler. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, but he still let a game Another tough game. Probably not going to see this on the card, but I, I do lean Bucks money line just for that momentum. You, you're you itching because you missed out on him last week. Oh. Always itching to bet on the Bucks and the <laughs> Patriots. I mean, Tom Brady and the Patriots, I should say. Those are two teams I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. But yeah, lean, <laughs> lean Bucks, but uh, won't be a card for me this week. We will see based on... Uh who officially gets ruled out for this game and such, and where this line moves based on that. There, 1 o'clock. Another 1 o'clock matchup here is the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are the favorite here at 3.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 185, and the over-under sitting at 41.5. The Panthers have... Oh, yeah, the Panthers have lost... The Panthers lost straight up and against a spread to the Bucks to end their playoff hopes... Despite that loss, they're still four and three straight up, five and two against the spread in their last seven, and five and one against the spread in their last six against the NFC. The Saints rode an impressive defensive performance to a straight up and against the spread win over the Eagles and are four and two straight up, four and two against the spread in their last six. What do we think about this matchup? Ace, you want to get us rolling here? Yeah, definitely. Um, Saints, it's funny. I called that on the pod last week. I figured they were going to beat those Eagles um, just to spite them because they have that first-round pick. But uh, going against a weak Carolina Panthers team this week, I think they should be able to easily handle the job, finish the season at 8-9. and nine. Um, Too much skill on the uh, Saints side of the ball for that young Panthers team. Um, Low-scoring one, I think, in this one with two solid defenses, but the Saints get it done at home in the Dome. I'll t- I'd take the three. I'd take the three though. I'd buy that half a point for sure. What's the line that we have? Um, I have three and a half. I have three and a half. Yeah, for the Saints. Yeah, I I don't know this this Panthers team's been pesky. Obviously, we've seen, but um, I don't know. I kind of like I lean Saints here too. I'll take the minus three as well. I'd like to buy that hook, but I probably another one you won't see on my card. Um. I was trying to look up who's going to be sitting in and out in this one. This is another one I didn't really dive too much into, but um, I, I like the Saints at home. Their defense has been obviously the only thing they have going for them most of the season, and I think they're able to stop that Panthers rushing offense that has kind of picked up and found its way through the second half of the season. But uh, I like the Saints. Yeah, I'm kind of on the other side of you guys here. I mean, game really no no in playoff implications, but. Uh, you got Sam Darnold playing for a spot a spot next season. I mean, uh, he's got to do something to uh, prove that he deserves a starting job next season. Um, it's going to be a more defensive game, obviously. I think the Saints are definitely the better defensive team, and uh, but I don't know. I think Sam Darnold can do a little more than Andy Dalton could do. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a pretty shitty game. There's, there's zero playoff implications. I just think Sam Darnold's going to really be playing for his career here. Uh, three and a half points. I'll take the uh, I'll take the points on the on a divisional game. 
yeah, not a great game there. But let's round out our 1 o'clock slate with the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. The Vikings the favorite here. They're getting 8.5 points. The money line at minus 360 and the total sitting at an even 43. The Vikings were crushed straight up and against the spread by the Packers and are 4-3 and three straight up, 2-5 and five against the spread in their past seven games. The Bears lost straight up and against the spread to the Lions and are 1-12 straight up, 4-9 and nine against the spread in their last 13 matchups. Another, uh, I don't know, I don't like this game very much. 8.5 is a lot here, you know, coming up against that Chiefs team and stuff with that 9.5. Huff, you want to get us rolling? Uh, yeah, so this, this is another tough one. Obviously, divisional matchup, but we don't get to see Justin Fields in this spot. Uh, we're going with Nathan Peterman in Chicago, so um, definitely not going to be betting on the Bears here, but uh, looking at the total, I think it's 43, 43 and a half, so I'd lean under. I don't think the Bears are going to get too much done, but uh, I like the under 43 over anything, but Vikings still obviously a tough outing last week against the Packers, but We'll have to see if they can bounce back here, sitting at a 12-4 and record. And the Bears, like I said, playing for potentially the number one overall pick. And I don't know if they want to blow that by upsetting the Vikings here. So I think that's part of the reason they like, they're like they elected to go with Nathan Peterman and let Fields kind of nurse this injury. But we'll see. The line, the line's going to be crazy on it, but my favorite play of the day will be a Nathan Peterman interception. Guy just knows how to throw it to the other team. <laughs> Probably one of the best in the league at it. It's a good take. Yeah, I mean, it's Nathan Peterman. We're definitely going to see some turnovers in this game. I don't know. I think the Vikings can uh, win in blowout fashion this week. This type of games where they um they definitely prove that they're – this is one of the games where they have their 12 wins because they beat teams like these. Um, they handle them pretty well. Kirk Cousins this this going to throw for 300, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Jet, Jet is going to have a sick game as well. I mean, it's just probably just stat night for the Vikings just going into the playoffs. Or they're going to lose first round. I, I don't know. I just think this is a good chance for them to uh, blow out an opponent before they uh, get let down first round. I like that. Solid, solid 1 o'clock slate there, boys. Some good ones, some bad ones, but let's jump into our 4 o'clock games and see if we can make up for those. First 4 o'clock game we got is is the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are the favorite in this one at minus 7. Their money line sitting at minus 290 and the over-under sitting at 41.5. The Rams look good on Christmas but lost an ugly one straight up and against the spread to the Chargers last week. They're now sitting at 2-8 straight up, 3-7 against the spread in their last 10. Seattle won straight up and against the spread against the Jets last week and can still make the playoffs with a win and a loss from the Packers. What do we think about this one? Seahawks here, minus seven, just need a win to get in the playoffs. Again, with the loss from the Packers. Ace, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because I've been bashing Geno Smith all year, but that, that Rams team is in such shambles and has nothing to play for. I think that Geno gets it done this week and brings home a victory and gives himself a chance at a playoff berth in a very big year. Um for him and the Seahawks, just overachieving everybody's expectations. A lot of young guys on both sides of the ball doing their job. Um, Kenneth Walker, the third stud running back. Um, Tariq Woolen on the defensive side. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm probably going to take the money line here too. This would be a good one to throw in with the Jaguars in a money line parlay. Maybe a two-team, three-team parlay. I find someone else to throw them with them. Maybe Chiefs, Jaguars, and um, Chiefs, Jaguars, and Seahawks here. Get a nice little plus play on three money line teams that I like a lot. Um, six and a half is a lot in a divisional matchup. Even though I think they, they have potential to blow them out, that Rams defense can be formidable at times. And, you know, Baker Mayfield loves those backdoor covers with the heaves at the end. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Huff go with his uh, Baker Mayfield under passing prop play. I think he loves that ever since he got moved to... Uh, well, he's actually loved it ever since he's been throwing the football for any team this year. He's, <laughs> he's doing it for both squads. But, yeah, I, I like I like Gino to give himself and the Seahawks uh playoff berth, especially at home. Tough place to play for Baker and, and co. Not a lot of weapons with him. So, I think that uh, Gino and the boys have a day. I actually – I like the Rams, but I'm going to take the points here. I think that the, I think the Seahawks do win this game, but I think it will be closer. I like, I like a, maybe an ending field goal to send the Seahawks to the playoffs. On uh, a win and you're in situation, but they're like not. The Rams with they the need. They here. need the Packers to lose. Okay, well, they'll have a chance. I like. I, I like the Rams. I think they keep it close. Yeah, um, I'm kind of on the same side as you, Huff. I think six and a half points is a little too much in a divisional game, but um, I mean, we saw Geno Smith and that Seahawks team get it done last week in a winner, winner, uh, you're out situation, and I think they'll do it again against another inferior opponent. Um, Baker Mayfield showed what he really was last week, 125 pass yards, zero touchdowns. They, really, they didn't really do anything, got blown out 31-10. to 10. Um, So I think that the Seahawks will be able to do enough this, this week to get get another win and put themselves in a chance, in their best chance to uh, get that seven seed and hope for a Packers loss. But uh, six and a half points is just a little too much in a divisional game where, um, you know, you know, both teams are kind of inconsistent and unpredictable. So I like the Seahawks to win this game. Maybe on the foot of uh, who's their kicker? Will Myers still? Is it? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, maybe on the on the foot of Myers. Twenty five yard chip shot. Gino drives him down the field with some time left. They win by three. I could see that. Good take, boys. I do like the Rams plus seven though. Yeah, two big spreads coming up here in the 4 o'clock slate. First up is the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are the favorite here at 13.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 900 in the over-under sitting at 43. The Giants won straight up and against the spread over the Colts and locked up a playoff spot despite going just 2-4-1 straight up and 5-2 and against the spread in their last seven. The Eagles lost straight up and against the spread and will need a win in this matchup or a loss by the Cowboys to secure the division title in the number one seed. 13.5 points is a ton here. What do you think? Mackie, you want to get us rolling? Jesse, can you say that thing at the end that they need what to happen? The Eagles will need a win in this matchup or a loss by the Cowboys to secure the divisional title and number one seed. Okay. 13.5 point favorites? Yeah. Dude, is Daniel Jones well, out this or is, is no, out? No, this is the point. This is the point. The Giants can't change their seating at all. Okay, they're gonna okay. Be, so they're, gonna so they're not going to. Well, that changes a lot then. Um, Yeah, so we're again, we're going to see another game where uh, a team's not going to be 100%. We're going to see a lot of backups in this game. So a lot of uncertainties in this game. I just think that 13 and a half is uh, way too much with, a, with so many uncertainties. I think the Eagles will win this game, obviously. 
if uh, they're going to play all their starters and the Giants aren't. But I, I don't I don't really have a play on this game. Maybe look at some props, some Jalen Hurts props as he gets back into the into the game. Maybe some Miles Sanders touchdown or something. Um, yeah, I don't. That's all I really have to say about this. Yeah, such, know, a, kinda... such a crazy game with so many different scenarios of who's going to be in, who's going to be out. Team goes up, team goes down. Both are already in the playoffs. I know that the the Eagles want the win so they can get that one seed and not have to play on the road, but at the same time, the Giants are playing for nothing. I don't know. I'm staying away as well, Mackie. Huff, you you, you have a play on this one? I don't know. I kind of like the Eagles minus the 14. I want to see, because if Daniel Jones and Saquon are playing, I don't think there's much. They're starting. That, uh, they're starting, but they don't think they're going to play the whole game. Yeah, that's what it's looking like to me. <sighs> Dude, I don't know. I think and you never know. You never know. That. There's just there's so much money on the Giants. It's just telling me to take the Eagles and not ever think this one. What's that Giants money line? Just out of curiosity. Giants money line sitting at plus six hundred. Ooh. No, thank you. Yeah. That's a I lot mean, though for a fucking regular season game. But Jalen Hurts hasn't be, played in two weeks. Nothing. The next one's even more. It'll be seven nothing before they even realize it. I don't know. If they start their starters, stick around, divisional game, kind of kick the can on the Eagles, blow up in their own face, lose that division, go into a wild card round. They don't need to win this week. They need to win next week. I'm not, I'm staying away. Scary, scary, yeah, scary I, I, scenario. I'm not, I'm not really it's, saying it. It's, it was more for conversation, but I usually... I Mac, just see you think there's a chance that they can get it done? Who, the Giants? Yep. Yeah, I mean, if they play if if they play their starters the entire game, one hundred percent, I think this Giants team is rolling. I don't know why you would take the momentum away from them as well. I mean, um, they're playing really good football right now. You might as well play the entire game. See how you can do it. They're coming against... off a loss. What? They're coming off a loss, and Jalen Hurts hasn't played football in two weeks. Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, I, I was mm-hmm. like, no, back the Giants. Back losses. Cooked the Colts, but um. I don't know. I, I think the Eagles could, uh, need a win desperately to. I think you can't go into the playoffs with three losses in a row. Dude, they lose a division also if they lose. Right. <laughs> go. You go from home field advantage with a win, or playing in Tampa Bay with a loss. That's crazy. Just like That's last a, year. that that season would have flipped so quick, so dude. Quick. They were and coach they were, of the year goes up in the air. It's still. I think it's still Dable or Tomlin. I think. Imagine Lions win, Eagles lose, and lose the division. Dan Campbell is the coach of the year. It all depends on this final week for that for that award. Definitely, so you can sneak their way in. Eagles lock it up, and we'll sound like idiots even debating this if they blow them out by forty. But at the same time, if the Eagles can drop this game, somehow Giants pull this in front of them, think about that Eagles season and how confident they are and whatnot. All the people at the beginning of the season, they're like the Eagles. They were all like, oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. It's like uh, they're not looking too hot right now. We'll have to see how Jalen Hurts bounces back from this little injury he had over the past couple of weeks. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I would love to see this fucking Philadelphia team fall apart. Jimmy would never hear the end of it. They could be in shambles like that hockey team they got out there. (laughs) 
that excuse of a hockey team they have out there. Yeah, yeah. they have John Torley yelling at people on ice. Cutting or scratching Kevin Hayes, like scratching yeah. their best player. Yeah, I mean, their best player could be playing the Archers. Yeah. Tough, tough spread there, 13 and a half. We got a big one ahead of us here at 14, the Arizona Coyote. Jesus, the, I almost said the Coyotes. The Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I hope not. My, my I hope these no one wants to yeah. see these Cardinals. <laughs> the Coyotes would show up and give a better fight than the Cardinals do. Colt McCoy throwback to like 2010. The 49ers are the favorite here in this one at 14 points. Their money line sitting at a solid minus 1,000. The over under sitting at 40 and a half. The Cardinals lost straight up to the Falcons, but did win against the spread in their narrow one point loss. 49ers won straight up in overtime, but lost against the spread against Vegas last week. 14 points, crazy number here. Cardinals money line at plus 650. What do we think is going to happen here? Huff, you want to get us rolling? Um, yeah, I don't know. We've obviously seen Purdy just continue to have success. Last week was obviously his first kind of real test. I know he had a kind of a back and forth with the commanders for a little bit, but uh, we saw Stidham put up a fight in that game against the 49ers, and uh, Purdy was able to get the job done. I mean, I know the defense got the interception off Stidham in overtime, but uh, Purdy had to put up all those points, and uh, the defense did their job and got the win basically for the 49ers, but I don't know. I can't I can't bet against this 49ers team right now, especially off that game. I feel like they have something to prove here, but um, I don't know. This is just another game I'm going to stay away from. Yeah, I mean, I rode the Niners last there's a week. Lot of, uh, there's a lot of games this week that if – I bet if you just teased every game this week with a 10-point or higher spread, you'd get like 20, 21 points. But, like, you got to be selective because I'd probably take one out because one of them is going to get blown out by 20 or more. How are you going to choose the one, though? You're going to pick which one you think it is. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, gamble. I, I like I like the, the Niners minus 14 this week. I really Part do. of it. I kind of like them, too. I think they get the job done. I mean, Brock Purdy's been rolling. I took them last week. Uh, obviously, they didn't cover that nine and a half points. I just didn't this expect Jared. This would to be probably be to... the one I took out. What? This would probably be the one I took out, and I would tease the 49ers to like minus a half. <laughs> minus a half. I I think the 49 they're going to get the job done. They're going to lock up that two seed uh, and get probably get the Packers in the first round. But um, I don't I don't know. Fourteen points is a lot. You won't see this on my card. No, I won't see it on my card, but I might be taking that off. I lean that 14. I think McCaffrey gets in the end zone again, follows that trend. A lot of points flying on both sides. We have the over-under at 40.5. I think I might love a 49ers team total over here. Probably sitting somewhere at, like, what, 28, 27.5? They haven't haven't lost since McCaffrey got there. Dude, they're 9-0 in their last nine. They started the season 3-4, and now they're 12-4. Remember that Sunday Monday night game? It was like eleven to ten against the Broncos. That was the Colts, wasn't it? No, there was one 49ers Broncos that was brutal too. <laughs> Broncos are just full of those games. <laughs> they just all blend together. Did you guys see that stat with my boy Russ though? Third all time in cute quarterback rushing yards. That's kind of a sick stat though. That's what happens when you can't throw it. Can oh. You've seen him over the past 10 years. No, Russ is a dog. I, had to, I just had to say that. 
Um, yeah, no, that's a cool stat. Though. I was surprised to see that third all time. Like he's that'll get beat, but because it's just the longevity beat. of it. No, he, yeah, yeah, he's the one of the most consistent. Um, he hasn't guess, had an injury until the game. He he's dude, not run first though. Last year, I as soon as I saw the Seahawks were coming to Pittsburgh, and obviously he was a Seahawk. I bought the tickets to that game. The first game in nine years he misses is in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I was like, my fucking luck. Yeah, Mister Unlimited is pretty limited that week. We won that game though. We probably wouldn't have won that game if he would have played. I got the saw. G- I saw Gino in that game. That's how you know he's going to be him yet. True that. That was when he was just Gino covers. <laughs> he didn't win. He just covered. A few more four o'clock games here. The next one up is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Broncos are the favorite here in minus one. Their money line sitting at minus 130 and the over-under sitting at 40. The Chargers won straight up and against the spread against the Rams last week. They're 4-0 straight up. 3-0-1 against the spread in their last four games. Denver won against the spread but lost straight up for the second time in their in the last four weeks to the Chiefs. And they're actually 4-1 against the spread in their last five games despite being 2-11 straight up since the beginning of October. They've been a wagon against the spread. They've been getting all these huge spreads. Yeah. They've been very profitable the past couple of Makes weeks. Makes sense. Clearly. Take it away. What do you guys think? This I don't know. This is an interesting spot. Obviously, they're a favorite uh, in a divisional matchup here. But go ahead. Wait, what do you have the line at? The what? Broncos Mine. are favored in this one. Yeah, Broncos points. are minus two. Yeah, I, I think it's because another here. scenario here where the Chargers can't change their seating. Well, yo, yeah. they can if the Ravens, but if the Ravens lose, Ravens play at one o'clock. So if the Ravens lose, then they can't change their seating. I said, uh, just to, I did, did I not say the Broncos? We have the Broncos as a two and a half point favorite. I thought it was weird. Just like right off the bat. I thought that was Oh, weird. I don't know. I didn't hear that. My bad. I missed oh, that. Okay. I thought you were talking I thought, about the Chargers. I, you guys said we're I did say a different though. spread, but everything how else are they, is the same. How are they favored? It's because the Chargers aren't going to play anyone when the Ravens lose this football game. So they're going yeah, to move. Looked, I like the Broncos here. I'll take the Broncos minus two and a half. Broncos I think you country. could put the Broncos against Let's some uh, One last time, high school teams Broncos country. Let's ride. Huff has to keep riding them. He has to, though. Like, what are you going to do? Stop. Yeah, this point. the last time. I, I'm going to go against them. I not carding tr- it. But the Chargers, I mean, it's like one of those depth scenarios and whatnot. I think the Broncos are bad enough to lose the game is all. I have a Chargers Super Bowl ticket plus 2200. I don't know if that's good or bad, but one day I liked it and I took it. <laughs> nice I just don't think there, we're huh? not we're we're not going to see a full Chargers <laughs> team here. So nobody's going to be watching this game with another throwaway game in Week 18 last week of the season. Um, not going to be on my card particular. All right, let's jump over to our last four o'clock game: Mackey's Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders. Cowboys are our favorite at minus seven and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 350 and the over-under sitting at 41. The Cowboys won straight up and against the spread over the Titans last Thursday night and can still claim the number one seed in the NFC with a win and an Eagles loss. The Commanders lost straight up and against the spread to the Browns last week and have been eliminated from playoff contention after going 0-3-1 straight up, 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. Mackie, do you think the Cowboys can take care of seven and a half points here? What do you think? 
Yeah, I think they should. I mean, um, they're going to be playing all the starters. They they could still, in their eyes, win this division. Um, but seven and a half points is a lot, especially in a divisional matchup. Um, I think they're going into Washington. Yeah, yeah, they're going into Washington. So I don't know. I think seven and a half points is a little too much to touch in this game. But I definitely wouldn't bet against the Cowboys in this situation, as you know, they're in the regular season. This team is pretty pretty freaking good. So, um. In a, in a chance where they can win the win the division, I think that I think they'll they'll definitely take care of business. Huff Ace, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm 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 with Mackie on this one. I think that they definitely need to win this one, especially with hopes of uh, winning the division. Um, they have to get it done against this. Commander's team is already out. I'll, I'll buy the half a point to take a minus seven here. Um, you know, they've been playing some tough football games, but still finding a way to win. And I, I'm a firm believer in that defense. They'll come around and really have a statement win to finish off the season. Um, yeah, Commanders aren't giving much. They they got Sam Howell at the at the QB this week. So he's going to be under pressure all game long from D-Law and Michael Parsons. We've been gassing up that, that top five, top three uh, Cowboys defense. And they're going to look to go on a deep playoff run. So big one here if we can get an upset in the uh, Eagles game then uh, who knows maybe we see the Cowboys uh, taking that division who would have thought I got a futures bet on them so that'd be a nice scenario for me I thought I saw Taylor Heineke starting this game I I, my, I, I've read, I just read Sam Howell okay um, my original play I like the over of 40 and a half but uh, I'd have to look into that with Sam Howell if that's official or not I saw uh, they were thinking about going with both of them, or maybe they were deciding between the two of them, and they just decided on probably Sam both. I bet you it's going to be both. Okay. But yeah, most I don't likely. Know. If we get Taylor Heineke, I kind of like the. Still, I like the over. I think Heineke's able to put up a touchdown or ten points. Uh, and obviously, I think the Cowboys have their way with them, but um, I'll I'll ride the over whether it makes it to my card or not. I don't really like the spread either way in this one, so I like the over forty and. Solid picks there, boys, to round out that 4 o'clock slate. Let's jump into this primetime game here on Sunday. The Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. The Packers are the favorite here at 4.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 225 and the over-under sitting at 49.5. The Lions won straight up and against the spread over the Bears and are finishing the year strong with a 7-2 straight up, 8-1 against the spread run over their last nine. The Packers won straight up and against the spread by tr- against the Vikings and now control their playoff hopes in a win-and-get-it matchup against Detroit. That was moved to Sunday night football. Green Bay is 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread in their last four. Lots to go off of in this matchup. Let's send it over to Ace to get us going. Packers favored by 4.5 here. Yeah, this one we're definitely going to have to tune into our social media for my official play come Sunday night because I keep teeter-tottering on which team I like. I really love that money line for the Detroit Lions. I think they're a better team top to bottom, um, have a lot more going for them. And it w- wouldn't it be great to make the playoffs for the first time and knock out Aaron Rodgers? Um, but at the same time, we've seen him do it time and time again in Lambeau Field, owning that division. Um, what a spot. I mean, they're so hot, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. So, um yeah, no official play yet, but just know I will have something cooked up for this one. I'm eager to hear what Hoff and Mackey have to say about this divisional bout for the playoffs. 
I really like this Detroit team, but I don't, I'm not in this situation against Aaron Rodgers trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, you've seen this so many times with Aaron Rodgers in clutch, clutch scenarios. He's taken this team from four and eight, I think they were. I think they're on a four-game winning streak, if I'm not wrong. Um, they had zero life, and now they're sitting there with uh, all the life in the world controlling their own destiny. And I really like Aaron Rodgers in this spot over Jared Goff. I, I re- even though I do really like this Lions team, you know they've had a chance to win a few games down the road that they just haven't won. You know, lost a few, few weeks ago to the to the um, to the Panthers, a two and a half point favorite. That was a game they really had to win. So we've seen this we've seen this team underachieve when they've when they've really had a uh, their backs up against the wall. And uh, I think that's going to happen again. Week eighteen, we're going to see. One of the best quarterbacks of all time win a football game against a pretty te- against a team that he's owned his entire career. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I like the Packers here on their home field. The four and a half is a weird number. I might buy the hook and get the four, uh, just because I don't know. I feel like there could be a wait, weird last second push by the Lions, whether they get the points or not. I don't know why the four would come into play, but I don't know. I don't love four and a half, but. I like the Packers. Ace, I, I know you said you like the Lions money line. I think uh, I could see the Packers money line in a parlay for me this week. Um, maybe just kind of avoid the points and uh, just get the Aaron Rodgers to get the job done and uh, get make it to the playoffs for. I mean, and like you said, one of the hottest teams in the in the league right now. Um, how how Lions would it be to be this hot of a team? You make it this far, and your season comes down to the hands of Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field, and they just can't get it done. And well, this has been going to be the first time. And the ultimate test is this: the the brand new Lions, or is this the same old Lions? And we're gonna have to see what Dan Campbell and Jared Goff uh, can cook up this week. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a Sunday night shootout too. Honestly, over forty nine is a is a good play by me. I think. Jared Goff is going to be getting some points on their side, and then Rodgers will be able to tear up that light defense. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Huff, no official pick there on the lines yet. I mean, it's going to be a game-time decision for me, but I will have a play on this game for sure. Yeah, you could point on that over. I took that over last week on the Packers-Vikings game, and thank God the Vikings got that last-second touchdown when they did because I needed that very badly. And uh, I do like that over in this one. I might look at that one here again. Alrighty, boys. Great week 18 slate ahead. Games on Saturday and Sunday. Looking forward to a bunch of them. That's all I got this week. Send us your plays, your picks, your winning tickets, winning and losing reactions. We want to see them. That's all from me this week. You guys got anything else? No, that's going to do it for me. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Obviously, NFL playoffs right around the corner, and uh, we've been killing it in the NHL winning night last night. And NBA, NCAA basketball, if you think everything, all the uh, sports cards are up right now. So definitely going to be something you want to stay tuned to the social medias and stuff like that. Big news coming to to the social media as well for the pod next week. So um, stay tuned to that. Can't wait for the NFL playoffs. Let's have a good week 18. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Sir, I can set it better myself? <laughs> Mackie Jinx. Uh, it's going to be a big one. A lot of big games for us. A lot of big games for us here uh all of our teams uh, with some potential uh, big earnings this weekend if they can get the job done. And it's my favorite time of the year with all the other sports in full swing too. So check them out. Check them out. Hit the yeah, it's, uh, Go Pats. Just, just like you guys said, a lot of uh, games with a lot of playoff implications this week. It's it's the week of the irrelevant games. And it's the week of the most important games. So, uh, you, you know, you have, you have a good uh, balance of both of them. So it should be a good week. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. 
Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again and see you next week.